One of the biggest keys to my success is my ongoing desire to grow and invest in myself. When I say investing, I mean time, energy, and money. One of the biggest blocks I see with new leaders is the belief that asking for help equals failure, when in reality, that is the key to successful leadership. So if you are a leader who deeply cares about the people that you lead and you've got big goals ahead of you this year, now is the time to apply for our next cohort of Inside Out Leadership. Inside Out Leadership will provide the container and inspiration for growth so that you can overcome the people obstacles and build a thriving, empowered team. Head on over to aaronthorpe.ca forward slash inside out and enter your name and email and fill out the application. I will personally reach out to discuss our next steps. Welcome back to Tactical Empathy. I am your host, Erin Thorpe, and this is the show where we explore what it really looks like to lead with empathy in the real world. Now, from a young age and into the early years of my career, I was constantly being told that I was too emotional to lead. But I found a way to turn those emotions into my leadership superpower, and now I want to share each share that with each of you. In today's episode, we're going to talk about one of the most common empathy hijacks that I have experienced and that I see in my client work, and that is our overwhelming human desire to solve other people's problems. In short, it is our need to fix. It is time to lead with our head and our heart, so let's dive into today's topic. Now, when I think back to the beginning of my leadership journey, And at the heart of all those struggles that I faced and the challenges that I overcame, what I was missing most and what I had this deep desire for was for somebody to understand what it felt like to be me. I just wanted somebody to go, I hear you and I see you and I understand, Erin. I have been there before and I know what you're going through. Now, For those of you that don't know, uh, my background is in engineering and construction. So a lot of the times, um, it might not have been possible for somebody to actually say that they understood what I was going through. You know, many, I I never had a female leader. um, So it was very difficult for somebody to say, I understand what it feels like to be the only woman in the room, or I understand what it feels like trying to juggle the demands of early motherhood and your your new career aspirations and your leadership journey. I don't know if people could have told me what it felt like to be the visible minority in my chosen field of work, but I had this deep desire for somebody to do that. And for me to really be seen, felt, heard, and understood in my leadership So in today's episode, we're going to dive into this human need to fix other people's problems. Because when I would bring, you know, my challenges and my struggles to my leadership at the time, what I noticed was there was always an answer. There was always a solution. Um, I barely got finished the sentence of explaining the problem. Sometimes I would just made the introduction to the problem and boom, there's your answer, right? Here's what you should do, Aaron oh, I've done this before. Here's what you should do. Now, I know now that that is coming from a very well-intentioned place, okay? They saw that I was struggling. They wanted to help me out. But I think 
that that overwhelming desire to help other people out of their discomfort really gets in the way of us building connection. Because I can tell you when I reflect on those past experiences, I never once felt seen, heard, or understood when somebody interrupted my story with their solution. And if you extrapolate this out, I mean, it applies to your close personal relationships, perhaps with a partner or a spouse. How often are you interrupted or talked over or offered a solution when you haven't even laid out the challenge or the issue yet? And as a parent, I'm highly aware of how often I want to jump in and solve my children's problems before I even hear them out, before I even let them finish what it is that they're struggling with. And for me, connected relationships in all areas of my life with my parenting, with my leading, in my teamwork, in my project work was always the ultimate goal. I wanted people to feel connected to me, to the work, and I wanted us to have open dialogue and open communication. So I got really good at noticing my need to solve problems and to discern which moments required me to solve a problem and which moments required me to listen and connect. So that's what I want to talk about today, because I see more and more in the leaders that I am working with, this deep desire to fix the problem, which is usually fix the person. And I think we're missing the mark. I think we're, we're missing a huge opportunity to connect with our teams, to understand what they're really going through, and to help them actually build some skills and some resiliency so that they can better problem solve on their own. So why do I think this is? There are three main reasons why I think fixing other people's problems has become sort of our default go-to response instead of this ability to lean in with empathy to really understand before we respond. So one, I think our empathy muscles are weak and our problem-solving muscles are strong. We'll come back to that in a minute. I think, two, most of us are really uncomfortable seeing other people experience difficult or unwanted emotions because it usually makes us feel something that we don't want to feel. And three, I think the pace of our life really gets in the way of our ability to slow down and connect with people. So let's talk a little bit about all three of these aspects. First of all, our empathy muscles are weak and our problem-solving muscles are strong. If you just look at a typical day, run back through your calendar, weekend, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't care what day you pick because chances are all you have done from the time you woke up to the time you have gone to bed, 75% of the time or more is solve problems, right? I woke up late. How am I going to get to work on time? What traffic route am I going to take? What am I having for breakfast? Did I pack a lunch? Am I eating out? What's happening? You are constantly running through your day, solving problems. Who's picking up the kids? Who's dropping off the kids? How are we working on this project? Will I get the report out on time? Oh, I've got a big budget meeting. Am I prepared? How am I going to ask for that extra money because I'm uh, running short? How am I going to talk to the client about the schedule uh, extension that we're going to need to have or the subtrade that didn't show up or the materials that didn't come over from wherever they're coming from? You are constantly constantly, all day long, solving problems. 
you don't even have to think about working out your problem-solving muscles because they are running on autopilot. They are getting a workout from dawn till dusk. They are fit, they are strong, and they are at your service. So when a person walks in with a real human challenge and some human needs and some human emotion, what do we have at our disposal in our leadership tool belt? We have the tool that we have been using all day long, which is our problem-solving tool. And our problem-solving tool is not the tool to use in this case, at least not lead with, okay? What we need to lead with is our empathy tool. And for those of us that run around solving problems all day long, and I say us because I do this too, and I really have to learn, I've had to learn over the years how to switch gears and get back into my connection and empathy muscles. It it requires a slowdown. It requires a shifting of gears. It requires literally putting the problem-solving skill set in the tool belt and pulling out the empathy connection tool kit. But that is a very conscious and discerning decision. So there are ways, and we have lots of episodes uh, that we've already posted and that, that are coming up on how to build those empathy muscles. I will give you some tips here in a few minutes, um, some questions that I think really help us lean into the, the empathy connected um, toolkit. But I think this first and foremost is as leaders, we have to recognize that this is not a skill set that is very strong for us because we don't practice it very often. So my first invitation to you is where in your day can you build in five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of intentional empathy practices so that you can start to build this muscle so that when you need it, it is available to you and it doesn't feel so awkward and weird. The second point and reason why I think we default to fixing is because we're uncomfortable seeing other people in pain. Let's be honest, right? When somebody comes in and they're struggling with something or they're overwhelmed or they're frustrated or they're angry or they're disappointed or let down, it's really hard to watch them in that emotion. And we want to make it better. The problem with making it better and quote unquote, rescuing them from this emotion is that they never get to learn the lesson that the emotion was trying to teach them, right? They never get to gain that experience. They never get to gain the wisdom. They never get to develop the self-trust that is required to solve bigger and bigger problems and to deal with bigger and bigger situations. So if you truly are looking to build the capacity of your team to handle the challenges that the world today is throwing at them, you have to let them sit in their uncomfortable emotions. Now, we don't want to get stuck there. That's like keeping your hand on the hot burner and going, I know this is going to make me stronger if I just keep my hand there for five more seconds. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. You want to take your hand off the burner, just like you want to get out of those difficult or unwanted emotions. However, you don't have to be the one as the leader to remove the hand from the burner, okay? You need to let your people sit in those uncomfortable emotions until they get motivated to move out of them. 
And the way that we can do this and support them through this without solving the problem for them is again, by getting curious. So we're going to touch on what to do uh, in a few minutes here. And the third reason that I think, you know, we default to fixing is because we all lead very busy, very fast paced lives full of activity and to-dos and places to be and people to see. And empathy requires us to slow down. To connect with another human being, we have to slow down. This is not a check box item. This is not a to-do list thing. This is not a process that anybody can write down for you that if you just follow steps one through five, you will have a connected relationship. This is about trial and error, rinse and repeat, constantly coming back, constantly revising what it is you've tried, what works and what doesn't work. Because each individual human being that you have to interact with will have a different set of needs and will require something different from you. And that in itself takes time. So there is this acknowledgement that if you want to build healthy, connected human relationships in your team, you're going to have to slow the pace of things down when it comes to building that relationship. And as soon as you have built that relationship and you continue to do the daily, weekly, monthly maintenance that's required in that relationship, things will move faster. Um, I was watching my sons recently just watched, rewatched the Cars movie. Um, and there is a scene, if you haven't watched the Cars movie, uh, it's a great children's show, but it, there's lots of great life uh, lessons in there. Uh, there's a scene where the the young race car is being taught to drive by the old race car. And, you know, he's like, you have to turn the opposite way when you're in the curve. And it goes against everything that you think you need to do. And I was reflecting on this need that we have to solve people's problems and to move quickly when we get into challenging situations with people as leaders. And that was such a beautiful invitation to just, we have to do the opposite of what we think we need to do. If your team is facing a big challenge and you think you need to solve it quickly, then you need to slow down and relationship build. You need to take the time to understand and hear the people so that you can speed up and get back on track. So by now you're probably asking, okay, so if we can't fix things, Aaron, what are we supposed to do? How do we have these conversations if we're not allowed to offer our wisdom, our advice, and our opinions? So first and foremost, I'm not saying that you cannot offer advice, opinions, wisdom, okay? What I'm asking you to do is not solve the problem right out of the gate until you have leaned in with curiosity and explored this challenge or this frustration or this emotion with that other human being and allowed them to do some self-exploration to find out what they might already know and then to ask permission to help them solve the problem. So every time you want to jump in with an answer or you want to jump in with a piece of advice as somebody is laying out their challenge for you, here are some questions that may support you in leading with empathy. What are you finding most difficult to deal with right now? How are you navigating all of the responsibilities and deadlines in front of us as a team? What can I do to support you? How are you managing your stress and overwhelm right now? 
what do you need from me? And my favorite, how can I best support you right now? There's one other one I'd like to add on to this list, which is simply asking permission. What do you need from me right now? Do you need advice and opinions or do you just need me to listen? This can be a game changer in building trust and allowing people to explore what it is they already know. For a lot of us, we're verbal processors, meaning we have to be able to talk through our challenges, okay? And when we don't leave space in relationships for people to talk through their challenges and to talk through their issues and to explore what they already know and how they might solve the problem with a few little prompts like, how did you do that last time? What's worked in the past? We rob our team members and the people we are leading from the ability of making their own decisions, of deepening that self-trust and truly building some solid skills. And as I tell you this story and I'm reflecting on my own leadership, it reminds me of a client that I had a few years ago who was looking to make a transition in his career. And he was really struggling with this desire to lead authentically, which for him meant deeply caring about his team and leaning into some of those more difficult people situations and that messiness of emotion because it directly conflicted with some of the socialized messaging that he had received about what strong leadership and engineering looks like. And he had been told for many, many years that strong leadership in engineering was there's no place for emotion, everything is logic and reasoning, and we can problem solve anything, right? He had been told for various years that there was just no room for this human side of himself in his leadership, and that if he wanted to be promoted, he's going to need to leave that behind, but it didn't feel congruent with how he wanted to lead. So we worked together um, over the course of a few months, and he was able to find this balance of how to lead with both his head and his heart. He learned how to make room for those messy emotions and still make decisions, meet deadlines, and deliver on client work. And what he found was by slowing down and building relationships, his team was able to perform at higher and higher levels. So in closing, I want to circle back to those early years in my own leadership story, because as I reflect on it now, the leaders that I had were very well-intentioned in their trying to fix my problems through their lens and their skill set. However, I see now how much it robbed me of that opportunity to deepen my own self-trust, to cultivate those skills that I needed to become a successful leader, and to really be able to think through how I might solve some of these challenges that I was facing. So my invitation to you today, if you have made it this far and you're still listening, is to fix less, to notice that desire when you want to jump in and solve someone else's problem, and to lean into curiosity. Go back and write down some of the questions that I gave you. Um, Just lean into being curious. Tell me more about what's going on with you. What is it you need from me? It may just lighten your load as a leader because now you don't have to solve everyone else's problems. And I guarantee you that it will build a skill set that allows for resiliency and increased capacity in your team members as you allow them the space and conversation to discover what they already know. 
Thank you for being here with me today. I'd love to hear your takeaways and thoughts on this episode. So please jump over onto our social media channels and send me a private message on either LinkedIn or Instagram. And let me know how this episode has impacted you and what your key takeaways are. Until next time, thanks for listening.